practice Paul, but I fear, at least somehow, as what? The serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness. So your minds, remember your minds, may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And that word simplicity means single-hearted devotion. And that is what the devil is always going to try to do, is to get your mind away from this person and get your mind on something else. And once he's done that, he's got you in his arena. And he can just wear your hide out. So we have a church full of worn-out Christians, and they're messed up. That's the greatest... Here's, here's something uh, somebody said. <laughs> the greatest of all deception is for us to have a life and never live it. The greatest of all deceptions is for us to have a life that we never get to live. And I want, I want to propose something to, to you guys this morning. Many of us in this room this morning have a life that we're not living. You've never lived it. You've never lived the Christian life the way Jesus designed it. Now, that's the truth. And I can boldly say it because I was one of those. That's why I wanted to get out of the ministry, because I was not living this life that I had. Okay? Now, let me just give you this little story here, and then I'm going to end and we're going to do communion. This is a true story. This is a phenomenal story. I read this in a book. It was, happened during the Depression in the United States. There was a man named Mr. Yates. Mr. Yates was a sheep farmer. And Mr. Yates was barely making it because of the Depression. He lived in West Texas. And his family was about to starve to death. That was really what was happening to him. His family was starving. They couldn't even hardly feed him because of the Depression, the way things were going. And taxes came due on his land. And he didn't have the money to pay the taxes because he didn't even have the money to feed his family. And he was going to lose it. But these businessmen came to him one day during this time and said, we believe there's oil on your land. Can we do some exploration? And he just thought, well, heck yeah, you know, <laughs> I have nothing to lose. I have nothing to lose. My family's starving. I'm fixing to lose my farm. I'm fixing to lose everything anyway, so you can go out and dig all the holes you want. And those guys went out there, and they discovered oil on his land. And at the time, it was the biggest deposit of oil in North America. It was like 80,000 barrels of oil, whatever, however they measure that, a, a day or a week or a month or a year, whatever, probably a year, because it would be impossible to pump that much oil out in one day. I mean, it's just no, that's physically impossible. Probably 80,000 80, barrels of oil. He went overnight from being starving to death to being a billionaire. Overnight. And see, that's the way I view our Christian life. And that's why I say all of us have a life that we're not living. We've got, we're sitting on an oil reserve that is incredible. Every one of us in this room, if you know Jesus Christ, you've asked me, you've got something in you that is incredible. You are rich beyond measure. Much richer than Mr. Yates would ever be. The problem is it's kept. You've not allowed that oil to be but to bust forth in your life. You've not allowed the gusher to come forth. And then there are people like me who saw this gusher, believed in this gusher, know this gusher's the truth, 
had some glimpses of it and let it come forth, but then I get in trouble, I kept it and start back in my old ways again and get all messed up, and then I have to listen to 30 minutes of preaching from my wife. <laughs> you see what I'm saying to you? Now, this is what grace does. Grace teaches you not to sin. Grace doesn't change your circumstances. Grace changes you. You have something in you. It's Christ in you. And Christ wants to get out of you in the sense of He wants to live His life through you. That's why in Romans it says, Present yourselves as living sacrifices. Holy. You're already holy. That's a done deal. Whether you feel holy or not, you're holy. You're holy because of Him. I don't care what you do. I don't care what your behavior is. It has nothing to do with your behavior. It has something to do with Him. It's not about behavior. You may do unholy things, but that's against your nature. We'll make that point. When we as Christians sin, we're going against our nature. Okay? That's why you feel bad when you sin. That's why you want to cower and hide and run away because you've gone against your nature. Your old nature was dead. Now you have a new nature. And when you sin, you defile that new nature. You're going against your new nature. Y'all got that? That's important to know that. That's how you know you have a new nature in you because you don't feel really good about what I'm doing with my life. You know, but you won't tell it most of the times because you get in rebellion. You see what I'm saying to you? I want you to see that you have something in you like Mr. Yates had on his land. He had a reservoir. He was a billionaire and didn't know it and was starving to death. Now, I think this about many of us. We are billionaires and we're starving. And it's so stupid. So we have Christian couples divorcing equal to what the world's doing. We have Christian woman, women who want to have abortions. We have Christian high school kids, they graduate from high school and leave the Lord. So I'm saying to you, this is what's wrong with Christianity in America, is we haven't tapped in to what's in us. We're billionaires. We're stupid billionaires. And we need to say, God, show me the resources that are in me to live this Christian life, to find fulfillment, to be joyful. Show me how to do this. Show me how to walk through hell with gasoline soaked all over me. And it doesn't matter because there's a person in me doing it. Give this person a chance is all I'm asking you today. Give him a chance. Give him a chance. Let him. And you will change. It will change your life. Or don't give him a chance and you'll be like me. If I can get out of this, if I can get out of this being in the ministry, I'm out. I hate it. And go on and be a fake. And act like you're a happy Christian, but really you're not. And that's why you don't tell anybody about Jesus. Because who wants to tell anybody about this Jesus? Because it's a man-made Jesus. You, you hear what I'm saying to you? Give this man a chance. That's what my appeal to you is. Give him a chance. Don't look at me. Yeah, I probably walk in the kitchen and get a glass of water and not even say a word to you. Has nothing to do with you. Has nothing to do with me. Don't pay any attention to me. You know? I'm not Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to always let you down. But He will never let you down. He will never let you down. And if you will give Him a chance, He will change your life. Amen? And thank you, Jesus. All right, what we're going to do this morning... We're going to have communion, okay? And I need eight men, or eight men and four women and four women. Just please 
come up. We're not going to do it like we normally do, so don't jump up and run up. Don't everybody just sit still. What we're going to do, I need eight people. We're going to take, and I need two people over here, two here, two here, two there, and get the bread and get the juice. What I want to do is do communion together this morning, okay, and our seats like they would at the Presbyterian Church if that was, that was so. But I don't want you to take the communion until we all, I want everybody else to do it all together. You see what I'm saying? Is everybody with me? So go ahead and start passing it out, folks. Grab, you know, for each section, somebody grab a bread and a juice for each section and help everybody. And th this is what I want to say to you. I want to say this to you. Okay? And I'm going to let Becky say something while we're doing the communion. I don't want to live my Christian life the way I was living it. The one-third gospel, the two-third gospels. I want to live it the full gospel. Okay? So go ahead. You can go ahead and start passing out. Find, you know, get a section with somebody. And don't, all right, you get, this, you, you get this section right here, Neil. You get this one over there. Okay, now find a bread section. Find a section that doesn't have a bread, a bread winner. All right, hang on a second. I got everybody in the world wanting to say something right now. It's all right. It's okay. Listen to me. This is what I want for us. I want a church. This is what I'm going after. I want a church. This is what I want this church to become. I'm, I'm tired of a church that's trying to be a church. I'm tired of a church that's trying to do church. I, I'm tired of that. I don't want that no more. So I'm going to be the pastor of this church. I told you I feel like the Lord wanted me to keep doing it, and I agreed with Him. If you want to be the pastor, you can be the pastor. I'm stepping out of the way, I'll, but I will let you use my body. Okay? So here's what I'm saying to you. If He's going to do it, we're not doing it the old way anymore. We're getting rid of that this morning, okay? And I want to give everybody a, a real chance this morning before the Lord, okay? A real chance. Number one, I think people in this room really need to repent of your sins, okay? I really think you need to just ask the Lord about your, your life of sin. I think that's real important. And number two, I, I think it's real important that there's some people in this room surrender. I'm talking total surrender. Lord... I present myself to you as a living sacrifice this morning. And I'm giving you my body, my mind, my emotion, my, all me, my whole facilities for you to live my, your life through me. That means this, Lord. Whenever I have this temptation to criticize, I'm not going to criticize because you ain't going to let me do that. I'm going I'm to bow to you because I know what's wrong. Okay? Are you all with me? I want to get rid of all the church stuff. I want to get rid of all the religious trappings. I want to get rid of all that. And I want to have a church like this. If Jesus is going to be the pastor, he's going to have a certain type of church, right? He ain't going for this stuff that we've been doing. We want a church where he's going to be glorified and he's the, the main person. Okay? And he gets his way. Which means I'm not going to always get my way. But I'm not going to get all mad and get my feelings hurt because I wasn't whatever. You know? Are y'all with me? I know some of you in here know what I'm talking about because some of us had your feelings hurt so many times it's ridiculous, you know? But let me just say something this morning. This is not about you. No more. It's not about This church is not about you. It's not about me. It's not about the worship team. It's not about Becky. It's not about any person in this room. But it is about Jesus. And that's what, we're, that's what I'm saying to you. And that's what I want somehow God 
please release that to us and make it a reality to us, not just some, some guy up here saying this. Please make Jesus to be the person that's honored here and that he's the main person and he, whatever he wants, that's what he gets. Well, it, it, and it, this may mean this. It may mean that Byron Wicker gets to be in the spotlight. Or it may mean that Byron Wicker is not even seen. But what it means for Byron Wicker is whatever Jesus wants, I'm going to be happy with it. You hear what I'm saying to you? So everybody in this room needs to apply that to themselves. Everybody. And that's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to repent. If, you got, if you're in sin, if you're living a sinful lifestyle, I'm saying this morning I have an answer for you. You can, you can quit today, whatever it is. You can walk out of here free if you allow that man in you to start living. Amen? So, um, you know, does everybody have it now? Are we quite okay? Anybody missing? Getting the kids. We're going to let them do it with us. And while they're doing it, I'll let Becky say something. I just wanted, I've shared this dream with um, groups of you, but I really, as Byron was speaking this morning, right before the Lord really started releasing um, to us both a, a really greater revelation of grace, empowerment in our lives, I had a dream that I was preaching to a group of people. And I just wanted the whole congregation to hear this dream. Um, I was preaching. And and this was before, this was just an inkling. I mean, really, I didn't, we'd not had much going on in this area of grace. But I had a dream that I was preaching in this room to a big, large group of people. And I was going at it, just preaching my heart out, telling this congregation that they needed to stop building their foundation on man's gospel. They had to build their foundation on the gospel of the Bible. And uh, it was just powerful. I was just going at it, man. I, and, when, and I really didn't even understand in the dream what I was preaching. And then the next part of the dream, I was standing over this river looking, and I understood it was in the same town. And there was this river flowing that was unbelievable. It was sapphire blue, which is blue is the color of grace, from what I understand. But this was a massive river that was flowing, and it's, it was overflowing its banks. There were rapids in it. And I was looking over it, and it was so powerful. And I was in awe of this river. And it was so powerful, it scared me. That I just I I was just amazed at it, and I tell you, the Lord has just been really this thing about Christ in us, the grace of God. I'm telling you, it's that river, and it's flowing from the throne of God, and it's powerful, guys. We we have no idea what is resident in us. It is a river that's flowing. It will never run dry. It will always overflow its banks. And I'm just telling you, it's in us. It's the grace upon grace upon grace that God has released. And I'm convinced we've been living man's gospel. And it's, all, it's been works. It has, it has overcome us to the point where we can't go on. We have to tap into this river of grace that God has placed. It's that other third of the gospel. There's a book out that's written that's called The Rest of the Gospel. And I believe we have missed something. 
We have really missed something. And I'm just here today to say, Lord, help us to jump into this river. This river, it's not even a matter of jumping in. It's in us. It's flowing. And we need to grab hold because we cannot live the Christian life. We cannot do it. We can't. We will fail. The enemy will always lure us into that place to get us in our own strength, to get us eating from that tree. And we'll always fail. We'll always be heavy laden. We'll always be burdened. And we'll be pitiful. But there's a river flowing today that Byron has preached about that he just wants to say, Yes, Lord, we receive. It's that simple. It is a simple gospel. We have made it so far out and so far-fetched that we can't attain it. We don't want to preach it because we can't attain to it. Why would we go preach it? Why would we go tell somebody about the gospel that we have tried to live? So, amen. <laughs> Y'all just be patient. I know we've run over time here, but we do want to let this happen. Um, I just want to read a scripture um, that struck me this week. And um, it's in Colossians 2, verse 9. It says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. And in him you will also circumcise in the putting off the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by the hands of man, but with the circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in, in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. Amen. I just want to tell you, you have this fullness living in you. What else can you ask for? <laughs> Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Well, we have to believe it to receive it. Amen. And it's a simple act of faith. And the Bible says something about communion. Jesus said it like this, paraphrased big time. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you declare the Lord's death, meaning we died with him, we're declaring our own death, until he returns, meaning Jesus has rose from the dead. And we have risen with him. And if we will believe it, we can step into that power of an indestructible life. It's just as simple as when you said, Jesus, will you come into my heart and save me? That's what this life is all about. So I want us to do that. I want us to do it together. I want us to do it as a church. I want you to do it as an individual. And I want, in, in saying this, I'm saying to this church, Lord, we're, this is where we're going with this church. Amen? So let's just do the bread together. We can go ahead and do it right now. Thank you, Jesus, for your body broken. Amen. Lord, we thank you that you died. And you, we thank you that you placed us in, in the grave with you. We believe it. We declare that. We declare we have been placed in Christ. We are dead in Christ. We died with Christ. And we thank you for the blood that washes away every sin, that makes us holy, makes us right. We believe in that today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your blood that's in us, that lives in us, and that Jesus lives in us. Jesus lives in us. And, Lord, we accept that by simple faith today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen? Well, okay, we're going to let you be dismissed. And Amen.
Oh, you can set your cup down right here at your seat. Right there at your seat, and somebody get it up. Before you go, uh, this, is a, this is a song from the Pentecostal revival at the beginning of the century. It goes this way. Live out thy life within me, O Jesus, King of kings. Be thus, dear Lord, the answer to all my questionings. Live out thy life within me, in all things have thy way. I, the transparent medium, thy glory to display.